Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the USL show sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, your home for your United States national team, USL and MLS scarves, as well as custom scarves for your club or, you know, even personal use. Uh, this podcast is also produced by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts, of which we are very proud to be a part of. Uh, go check the whole network out at bgn.fm or on Twitter at the bgn.fm. I am your host, Evan Valella, as always, joined by sometimes, you know, my soccer colleagues. Sometimes they're my soccer acquaintances, but they are always my soccer friends. And for the next hour or so, I will be your moderator host or maybe even your facilitator of a discussion on the power rankings we did for the entire United Soccer League. And, uh, and joining me this week, oh, guys, I'm so happy I get to say these again because it's been a minute. But uh, first, it is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, Phil Grooms. What's up, everybody? Been too long. Hey, too long. It's been way too long. It's been way too long. The, uh, the USL Stats Department and the man who puts the international show in international show notes, Ryan Allen. Hello. It's been a while since... Um... I've been recording. It's currently around like 1.48 a.m. here in Glasgow. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll preface by saying if anyone's going to complain about Ryan's audio being quiet this week, you guys can go um, uh, <clears throat> um, <laughs> because he's recording live in Scotland and it's 2 a.m. So if you have any problems, we're not going to pay attention to them is the nice way of saying that. Excuse me. <laughs> Last but not least, if USL had an Equestria, he's our Rainbow Dash. Following the lead of the United States Soccer uh, Federation elections, it's finally over. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's Pony. I didn't come up with another thing. It's Pony. Hello, Internet. <laughs> it's nice to see them again, isn't it? It's just yes. it's really good. And uh, and and shout out to the McCamish family for all being terribly sick. Kev, we love you. Get better, etc. Guys, um, we did a thing, and we're gonna look really bad after it's over. But um, we did some power rankings, which uh, we as a USL show staff ranked all of the Eastern Conference teams, all of the Western Conference teams, top to bottom, and then an overall top ten, which I think for all of us lined up with what we put. You know, the five in the West and the five in the East, hopefully. I know I was kind of worried about that, but regardless, uh, and, and, you know, we're going to make all of you mad at us so that you can block us all on Twitter. That being said, um, the easiest way to go about this looks like we're going to go from bottom to top in the East first, right? Yes. That's how that's set up. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to talk about Toronto first. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to get it out of the way, really. We're like, how can we, you know, rip the Band-Aid off? Um, so, yeah, 16th, uh, Toronto FC2. They finished uh, dead last for all of us, no? Yep, every single one of yeah. us. Every single one of us, uh, which, sorry, every single one of us being uh, myself, Phil, Ryan, Pony, and Kev, all had them 16th. Um, guys, do we... I mean, is there anything to be said here, really? Self-explanatory. Yeah, Twitter agreed with us, actually. They also put hey. Toronto in 16th. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I, I know, I think we were talking a little bit on, on Twitter in, 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 the, uh, in the USL show staff chat, as it were. We don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. Um, but they're still not going to be good, is the problem. Too many more yeah. teams in the Eastern Conference just have retooled in Toronto just has definitely improved their roster with Angelo Cavaluzzo coming back, but they're still not back to the quality of even close to a playoff on the Eastern Conference. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd say there's more than 50 50 that they don't finish bottom of the table, but I don't know who it's going to be. So yeah. put him there for now. That and then they uh, they lost. I mean, and you know, he was he's very good and he still is very good. I saw him play this weekend. Uh, Brandon Aubrey at the back isn't there for them and and you know, uh, absolute magnet in the air. So if they can't find a guy who's the same type of player where it's a, it's a defender that can win balls in the box, it's not going to be too great for him. Um, yeah, I, I'm also excited I don't know. about Akinola is going to play for them, hopefully. So hopefully he gets some action on the wing, gets better, plays against yeah. some grown men. <laughs> some, some grown men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's a big boy. It's, yeah, it's a player. Uh, 15th Penn FC. Um, the highest they were was was 14th with, uh, with Phil and Big Kev voting for them there. The lowest, uh, Ryan Pony and myself all have them at 15th. Twitter also had them at 15th. Um, I, I think part of their problem is that it's a really interesting idea, but there's so many question marks. Like up until a couple days ago, they didn't have a coach, even though they allegedly had him a month ago. Um, so it's it's a lot of unknown quantities, and I think they still only have like four players or something. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they pan out, but I, I think it's a low finish for sure. Yeah, I just gave them a bump just because they did go on a pretty good run at the end of last year where they, mm. they picked up some speed and they always seem to be able to do something a little more than you expect them to with nothing, you know. So especially, uh, Evan, I listened to your conversation with them last week and, and, you know, it gave me a little bit of faith and we'll see if, mm. if Rush does anything for them in the new structure they have. So Pony and Ryan, your silence is... Deafening. Yeah. I just don't. I can't do much this year. I think, I think their project maybe in a few years will be good, but this year, I think as someone finishes below Toronto, it's probably them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the USL transfer tracker, they only have five players that they that they have signed currently. I mean, Tiago Calvano, Jake Bond are like the leading ones that are returning to them. But and I need to see a lot more from the roster until then. They're going to be stuck at fifteen. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, a big loss for them, Nashville SC's first ever goal scorer, Rapapa Mensa. Um, you know, leaving that club or, or whatever that weirdness was with his loan and, and you know, they flipped him over to Nashville. Um, so, you know, their, their bright spot and Phil, I think a part of the reason they were so good at the end of last year was Mensa and he's gone now. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to talk about him when we talk about Nashville because I think I'm put <laughs> on the spot with them. And so Fair. Yeah, I'll save that for a little bit. But right I guess my question that maybe leads us to the next team for everyone is, do you think they're better or worse than the kickers who they finished higher than last year? Um, and the kickers, you know, I don't, it doesn't look like they're going to get Durkin back. I just don't mm. see them doing much better with, with little than, uh, than Penn FC. I almost called them Harris, Harrisburg. It's all right. We all do that. Yeah. yeah. Segway, uh, our 14th place team on 19 points for whatever. Do, do we want to throw points in there? I guess I'll start throwing points in there. So to backtrack, sorry. Uh, Toronto had five points. Penn FC had 12 points. Richmond had 19 points. They are 14th. Their highest was Kevin and Pony. So Pony, you'll have to explain yourself. And then lowest, Phil, you had him at 15th and Twitter rounded him out to 14th as well. So yeah. yeah. I just don't think they could be as bad as they were last year, even though at some point they weren't horrible. They had some good play near the end of the season. And when a team is historically strong, 
I have a hard time thinking the management or players or coach really will allow two absolutely horrible seasons in a row. Granted, I don't think they'll be good. They're not going to be a playoff team by any means, but I think they should edge out at least a couple teams who are more likely to completely fall apart than Richmond is. And Mm -hmm. let's not forget their defense wasn't too bad last year. They had 36 goals allowed, but that was one of the lowest ones. And they actually ended up being one of the best defenses in the East. So I think they could right the ship a little bit. If they make the playoffs, I'm shocked, but they're not going to be second to last again. It's a good shout, though. Yeah, I mean, if you look at you know, all the players that are returning this year, the ones that strike or that stick out to me, it's like Braden Troyer or um, Udaya Mira, no, Will Yambi on the back line. And then they also signed Hevio Cordoves from Charleston Battery, who was second on the team in goals behind Romario Williams. And they also got Austin Yearwood from the Charlotte Independence. I just don't think they've retooled enough to be much higher than 14th at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 13th with 23 points, the Ottawa Fury. Uh, Phil, you had them at 8th, and I don't know what you're on about. You know what I'm on about? I'm on I, about I would Nikola love to know. Popovich. Mm. Nikola Pop- Popovich, who um, was the coach of Swope Park Rangers and has been everywhere. The The scary part might be that he doesn't seem to stick anywhere longer than a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's been under just so many different players or teams in Europe, Benfica B., uh, he's been to Cotter, UAE. He's just been everywhere and has experienced a lot of different coaches and coaching styles. And, you know, I got to go to that final against OKC, and um, it was cool to watch him um, coaching up. Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget his name, but the the right winger for Swope that was the USL Rookie of the Year when he was playing for maybe Portland. I'm blanking on his name, but um, it was cool to see him coach him up. Who It's a guy who's a raw talent and uh, – I think he's going to do well for Ottawa. I think it was a really good find and a bit of a, a diamond in a rough in the USL. And, and I also think in the USL, I'm going to, I'm going to go against this from time to time, but I really think a coach might be almost better, more important than your, your roster. Um, mm-hmm. If you get a decent roster, your coach, I think can take you the rest of the way. So um, that's the only reason I, I put them up as, as high as I did, which was pretty damn high. Right. I know someone was talking on Twitter about why we have them so low, and they're wondering why. To me, they have won one of their last 12 games to end the season, and they drew eight of those, so they could break either way pretty easily. I think they're in a spot where if they just uh, regress a little bit, they could be one of the worst teams by far in the entire league. But if they could average maybe half a goal game better overall, they could sneak into the playoffs at the bottom end, but I think the East improved so much. Even if they make a small step forward, they're not going to change much more than they were last year, which was not the greatest team. They mostly just need scorers, I think. If they could get a couple mm-hmm. people who could score goals, they'll be a threat, but I'm not sure they have really managed to make those sort of moves yet. Yeah, well, yeah. they were best when they had Dos Santos, right? Yeah, true. So, case in point. Ryan, were you going to say something? Sorry. I mean, I was just looking at the players that they lost to transfer market this year. And it, you look at Tucker Hume, Lance Rosen, and Ramon Martin Del Campo. Those are all like, very crucial to their starting 11 last year. And I feel like it'll be hard to kind of replicate what they did, particularly Lance Rosenboom and Tucker Hume, who they lost to Tampa Bay and Nashville, respectively. 
Yeah, I had him 14th as well. And I think it's one of those things where not to just repeat what Pony said. I don't know if it's so much that they got, you know, drastically worse other than the rest of the teams in the East got a lot better. Or, you know, Atlanta United 2 coming in kind of throws a wrench in the things. Um, you know, and it, it's not that I, I don't think they can they can be a team that's going to be in that kind of 10 to 13 spot because I, I do um, to give myself a lot of leeway. But um, I, I just, you know, I think everyone else around them got a lot of better. And then I think, you know, them losing Tucker Hume and, and Lance Rosenboom, who was their captain, was just huge. Um, you know, two guys with a lot of midfield presence that could, you know, move the ball around and bring a, a veteran experience and, and you know, just kind of know how to a team that doesn't have a ton of it. Um, it, you know, and, and it's a new season, sure, but I think, you know, like you said, ending your season that poorly is, is going to stick around in the mind. And if they don't get off to a hot start, that could really, you know, be dangerous for them. Uh, next, no one could figure out who they wanted to be 12th, so we have a tie for 11th <laughs> between Atlanta and United. Not here to defend himself. Uh, and then they, they leveled out at, at 11th on, on Twitter. Charleston, um, Ryan and, and Kev had them at 11, so Ryan, you'll have to take that one. Phil and Pony had them at 13th. I, myself, had the battery at Probably 12th. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Twitter had them at, ele- at, uh, at 6th. Twitter, yeah. explain yourself. What are you doing? Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I don't know who wants to tackle what first. They're, they're level on points with 25, so whoever wants to you know pick somebody and go for it, feel free. I mean, I'll help defend why I put Charleston Adam as high as 11. And despite, or I do feel like they've taken many steps back just based off of who they lost. Portillo, Chang, and Borth Lasso are the leading ones. And also, Romario Williams is probably in Atlanta since he scored for Atlanta United in their um, first preseason match against Nashville well, last Saturday. But if you look at some of the players that are returning, Taylor Muir, Katario Higashi, Jared Van Schaik, Neville Hackshaw, Tula Carrera, and a big player that he signed in with um, Ian Svantessen from Tulsa. I still feel like they'll be a decent side, and it would not surprise me if they made it into the playoffs. Just at the current state, I feel like they just lost too many key assets. Like If you look at their goal production, they've lost more than 75% of the goals they scored last year. Yeah, that's that's it for me. I think that Twitter's hiring them because they don't realize how much they lost. They lost everyone who could score and you have to completely rebuild your offense for a team that at times had offensive issues through the season, especially when Williams was not there. I can't see Charleston making a good run at all. I have them pretty squarely out of the playoffs. I think it's going to be really comparable to what happened to Richmond last season where they were a good team that hang around in the playoffs are always viewed as at least a difficult challenge home or road. And then they just walk off the cliff next season. And Charleston, I think, is going to be that team this year. I think I think that's why Twitter ties that don't realize how bad this team got hurt in the offseason. You can make the case Charleston got beat up more than anybody else has. Yeah, I'll echo that that the Richmond comparison, especially getting Sventessen up top. Um, it, it just feels like they can't – they were just so successful with, with what they were doing last year, and I loved it. I went on and on and on about it, and Romario Williams really helps, and it made sense to do that system with him in place. But they're not going to be able to do that with Sven Tessin. Maybe it'll look a little mm-hmm. bit like when, when Cordovas was was up top for them, uh, perhaps. And, and Igashi can fill that role on the left wing. 
but it's going to change and i think a little bit of it is it's going to take away it's going to be like kind of games where it could swing either way that if the ball falls right they could win kind of thing you know and that's where i would compare them to richmond so i could see that coach coaching them up and doing it right somehow and i'm excited to see what he'll do this year but i see them being better next year rather than rather than this year yeah um and then and then for atlanta united too i guess i'll i'll speak to it um they could make the playoffs. Um, honestly, I, I think that Atlanta United as a as a team, and you know, if they get their academy off the ground and everything, they have a lot of talent. They have way too many goalkeepers that are good in you know Hildebrandt and Khan, and not that we'll see Brad Guzon, but Brad Guzon's there. Um, and and then you know they have guys like Romario Williams, who we don't know where he's going to factor in yet because we're not sure if Atlanta's in the market for a striker or not. You know, if they don't bring anyone in, and I think if he keeps playing as well as he did Ryan like you said he you know scored against Nashville and if he can prove that he can score on a consistent basis I think they keep him up with the first team um but if not you know he's he's playing back for the 10 stripes or whatever and and um he'll you know he'll bang in some goals um and I, even the the USL guys that they brought in like Joseph Samuel I think was a good pick um you know just just some other guys that have professional experience it's they're a fringe playoff team um and I think 11 is just kind of where I felt comfortable putting them based on who's above them and, and some other moves that got made. Again, this is a lot stronger of an Eastern Conference than I think we've seen, you know, in a long time, um, at least in the last couple of years and at least since this league started to take itself and other people started to take a little more seriously. Um, and I think Atlanta's going to be a nice little spot right at home in a really packed, you know, last couple spots in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they could land absolutely anywhere um just about you think right yeah yeah i mean i don't see them being terrible uh but no. you know i think the ceiling is higher than than the floor is low right i see them as like uh new york red bulls first year they came in that type of potential where hmm. i would have no problem at all believing they finished sixth place and no problem believing they finished like 14th place but i'm high on them because i think they're they're in that pack of teams so i don't think they're gonna be in the playoffs but if one of them makes a run, it's Atlanta. And if mm. anyone worries mm. me more about, you know, Bethlehem maybe slipping in or out of the playoffs, I think Atlanta could be that team that, that maybe knocks them out, depending on how things go. Listen, the last two years we've had wonderful, you know, last year of this last game of the year, Orlando City B nonsense going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it would be better if that was, you know, Atlanta United too, but I would at least feel better about myself. So, hundred percent. Okay, I'll take it. Ryan, thoughts on the uh, on one of the new kids in the East? I mean, I would guess I'd have to say with Atlanta United too, it'll be interesting at least how the academy will you know, feed into it. I know um, Andrew Carlton had his first MLS minutes. Last year, I was actually at that Houston Dynamo match, and he nearly scored off immediately off of coming onto the pitch. But I'll be curious to see where he factors in, whether he'll be in the first team for the 18 or if he'll be playing up in Gwinnett for most of the season and then not being moved on to the first team until they figure out how many of their strikers. Like, I was looking at it earlier in the group chat that we have, and it's just I was saying that Atlanta has an embarrassment of riches and so mm-hmm. many different positions that it just can widely vary on where they finish this season. Yeah. Yeah. They're a good club. I like them. Their name's bad. 
I told one of their comms guys at the draft that their name was bad, but other than that, it's a good it's a good club. You just can't say so. What's that? I said he agreed with you. You just can't say so. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. Everyone knows that it's true. It's just no one really wants to <laughs> to own up to it. Anyway, in uh, in tenth place on thirty four points, which the jump there is exciting. It's a nine point difference between eleven and ten. Yeah, this uh, is one sh- of our big jumps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The uh, oh, the, wow. Okay, eight, the, ten to nine is another one. Uh, the Charlotte Independence with thirty-four points. Ryan, you had them at ninth. Phil, you had them at twelfth. Twitter said eighth. Uh, Pony, which one are you on this? This is where. Okay. Ten fish, I think. Pony, you had them at ten, up. and I yeah, have had actually had it right. Done the same. Wave. It's still in a... Ryan, did you leave the country and then do this? Is that why? <laughs> no, I was actually looking at um basically their roster. I mean, they were trying both Martinez brothers, Jorge Herrera is coming back. And I feel confident for their attack. I mean, yes, they lost their goalkeeper, cutting myself to the Tampa Bay Rowdies this offseason, but I still feel like they're that going to be that French playoff team. They'll definitely take a step back or it'll just be... I mean, I can't call how many times we'll say this on the air, this, that the rest of the conference is getting stronger and some teams aren't keeping up the pace, but I still feel like with the attack that they have, they could very well sneak their way into 7th or 8th in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and don't forget, they, they got Brandon Miller, um, mm. what was goalkeeper of the year or something like that, uh, three years ago, something like that. Um, granted, he was with the Rhinos, so we'll see if he brings back that Bob Lilly form and brings it to the independence and uh, lives up to his predecessor a little bit, but... Um, you know, I had them low. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. I'm really scared for Charlotte Independence fans because Enzo is trialing with the uh, Rapids. Yeah, I was going to say, if you didn't bring that up or if no one brought it up, uh, Enzo Martinez was, was with the Rapids yeah. today, yesterday, today. He's there. He's still there. He hasn't been sent home yet, and that is a bad, bad sign That's for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Valeski was sent home from Minnesota already, so... Um, you know, it's it's he's probably doing a good job there, and if they don't get him back, that's a huge hit. And and also two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was three years ago, Charlotte was one of those beat up on teams, the teams that everyone was beating. They were losing constantly, so um, you know they did lose a lot of players, and I think maybe that's been hanging in, in the back of my head along with uh, the Enzo thing. So that's kind of mm. what I was what I was thinking. Maybe they'll have an off year, kind of like uh, Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlotte's one of the teams which one will show up. They're a team that could be great or very, very undisciplined, get pointless red cars and lose to Toronto. Mm. Charlotte fans know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they, it's, it's, they're a fresh times. I mean, I could see them going both ways, but especially if they lose Martinez, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team unless a few teams don't live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then real quick poll of the room. If in in Dreamland, I'm sorry, I have to do this to you, uh, Ben. Um, but uh, if if the Independents lose Enzo Martinez to the Rapids, do the Rapids loan him back anyway, or do we think that there's a spot on the Rapids 18 for Enzo Martinez? Dude, I bet he's good enough to be honest with you to beat out some of those rapids players if, mm. I, I think he's a i think he's an 18 player to be honest with you in mls i truly do yeah i don't think he's getting many usl games 
maybe 10 at most. Oh, no, yeah. I meant I'm the opposite. I think he's a bench player for them, and I might be wrong. But in that position, it's hard to find a, basically a 10 that can handle it and do it. Sorry, well. the only I – should, I should clarify. The only reason I said 18 is because that would mean he'd be traveling with the Rapids and not available right. for the independents. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, he could definitely be a bench player up there mm-hmm. per the Rapids roster on MLS.com at the moment. And they do list that, have, that they have Jack McBain, who, as we all know, has been a very potent scoring threat in usl yeah that would be a fun one yeah it's also probably worth a date when we're our rankings came from we locked them in on the friday before all the all the weekend friendlies yeah. so anything that, happened there, <laughs> anything that happened there i mean i know some people are gonna go oh, what about this game and this game this all happened before those games did yeah we we didn't have the benefit of seeing the first weekend of preseason before right. we uh we we picked everything unfortunately all right. But yeah, I, uh, I, I see. I, if, if we're going to compare McBean, I'm just doing this to you, Ryan. I apologize. But if we're going to compare McBean to Enzo, I don't think it's even comparable. I don't think McBean is, is that good. And obviously, I need to see Enzo in MLS on that level. I didn't mm. watch any friendly. If there has been one, I've missed it. So I'm going to watch it because I really do want to see him compete against MLS level and see if he can handle it. He may not be able to. I may be way overrating him there. And then in ninth, another huge jump on 44 points, which is a 10-point jump from 10th. It is uh, the New York Red Bulls 2. You had them at 7th. Kevin and Pony had them at 9. Twitter had them at 10. Um, Again, I think, Pony, you alluded to talking about Charlotte. It's one of those teams where which one is going to show up. And I think in, a, in another way, it's another one of those teams where because it's an MLS2 team, it's who are they going to send down? Mm, um, or, or you know, who comes up from their academy and plays really well. So there's a lot of moving parts with any of these two teams that makes it a little tricky to to figure out where they're going to be and what kind of, kind of team they are until you get to maybe the end of preseason or the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, we all know what Red Bull are capable of in basically running the table and winning the league. And then we know that they're also capable of, you know, being consistent, I think, is is a good word and, and solid, but also, you know, capable of dropping some games that maybe they should win and, and, you know, things like that. So, Well, the thing is, I doubted in like them like crazy last year and, and I wrote mm. them off totally in the first whole half of the season, even past then, maybe two thirds through the season, I was still talking trash about them saying they weren't. Even after they won a couple in a row, I was like, "Nah, they're gonna they're gonna even back up and and st- and stop doing well." And, and all you know, they made the playoffs. And I think there's just something to Red Bull too. They 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 play with the the senior team. They they train with the senior team. And I think the coaches just know how to take a group of players that have a certain qualities about them and coach them up in that system. And the system still works so far in USL. So I, I'm not gonna write them off. Um, I think they'll jump into the playoffs again this year or better. It's just so hard to tell with New York. They mm-hmm. are way up and down. The year they won it all, they had a good defense. Last year, I think they gave up more goals than the previous year by like the 12th game of the season. Mm-hmm. But they just have the potential just for offensive explosions and for defensive meltdowns. Mm-hmm. It's the thing where I think the teams are getting better again in the East, as we've said a few times, where – 
I think they they play so up and down. They'll need to have played up against at the right time against the right teams and played down against teams that aren't good to have a chance to make a good run. I don't think they're good enough to be able to beat the Louisville, Tampa, Nashville, Cincinnati. I don't think they could beat them consistently. Hmm. I think they need luck to beat those teams. And really, it's, it's just a mystery. The New York is one of those teams like Charlotte last year where you don't know who's going to show up. And consistency is going to be pretty key this year with so many strong teams. If they if they get a bad slump, they're done. It's really interesting that they were bad defensively last year because so was the senior team. So it's, it's yeah. interesting. Maybe we can watch the senior team and see where they lack players and maybe it'll show us a little bit about the USL squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave up, they gave up 60 goals last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Hey, uh, we couldn't figure out who we wanted for eighth, so we have a tie for seventh. 50 points. Indy 11. And Bethlehem Steel. So we'll do this. Highest for Indy was a tie between myself, Kevin, and Phil. And the lowest, Ryan, you had them at 10th. Twitter had them at 4th. And then for Bethlehem, Ryan, you had Bethlehem at 5, which I appreciate you. Um <laughs> Phil had them at 10th. Twitter has them at 13th. We're going to have some words, Twitter. <laughs> um, but then I'm going to like you here in a minute when we talk about the Riverhounds. Anyway, um, I think Indy 11 will be interesting because they're an expansion team. Kind of. In a, you know, they did play last year, and, and they brought back you know some good pieces from that, that team they had last year, and the moves that they've made have been pretty all right. They're playing in an interesting venue, which I don't know if that's going to impact their on-field at all, but it is what it is. And then Bethlehem, you know, I think they've made some really smart signings, especially now that I've, again, we, we finalized these picks before all the games happened. But after I saw uh, Brandon Aubrey and Matt Danilak play next to each other for a combined total of 45 minutes, that's a solid center back pairing. Those guys are smooth. Um, and, uh, and um, Aiden Apodaca too, who's a, who scored 29 goals in 20 games for Cal Baptist last year in college which was a record across all three got a goal um and he'll be fun if, if steel get him for the whole year anyway i'll stop rambling um yeah i don't know ryan you're gonna have to talk about both these teams anyway so why don't you uh why don't you get to it <laughs> i was looking at indy as the same way i looked at ottawa and tampa bay coming into the league last year I and mean, yes we only have a year to go off of work but it seems like both nasl sides be coming with very high expectations for one and the other one, such an unknown and everything. I feel like that's going to imitate or that will be emulated again this season. Whereas North Carolina is going to have very high expectations, they'll perform. And any 11 just never gets to that same level. I mean, yes, they have um, signed Justin Braun and, and Zach Steinberger as some of the main players that I see returning or being signed to the team this year, but I still feel like it'll be a move to a new stadium, a move into the league, and it would not surprise me if they were to struggle and miss the playoffs of the season. And then as far as Bethlehem Steel go, oh, I feel like with the Charlotte, Indep or Charlotte Independence and Charleston Battery dropping it, or basically out of the playoff race, I could definitely see one of the playoff sides from last year move up. This is where New York Red Bull 2 and Bethlehem Steel come in. And where they were French, where they barely made the playoffs last season, but they could definitely improve upon what they had last year and move into a playoff spot. Brandon Allen signing for Bethlehem Steel, Sansi Moore coming back, and you were talking earlier with Brandon Aubrey. 
me that seems like a very good offensive side. And more uh, USL guys than than before, right? Like veterans on Bethlehem. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So it's funny. Um, uh, I was talking to, to James Chambers after the game. He said that this is the highest, and I didn't. I didn't fact check this because why would I disagree with the captain? But I'm pretty sure he's also right. It's the most turnover they've ever had as a club hmm. in terms of guys that were signed to the team. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have your Aubrey's that have tons of experience playing for a really bad Toronto FC two team, Brandon Allen, who had a really good year for, for Red Bull two, and then got loaned out to Minnesota United and played for six minutes. I think, um, Mike Catalano, who's the, 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 um, second round draft pick, one of the two, they picked, uh, back to back. So I don't remember which number he was, but, um, Catalano looks really good next to Chambers in the midfield. Danilak, like I said, looks really good next to Aubrey. And those are guys, you know, Catalano played for Wisconsin for four years, who went from the laughing stock of the, the Big Ten to, you know, one of the best clubs in college soccer. Um, Danilak played for uh, for Dartmouth in the Ivy League, and they had a great season, you know. Wholeness, um, waiting in the Gay wings. back, but Apodaca put together, you know, a huge huge season with Cal Baptist and he's like five nine, five ten, but he's as strong as anybody I've ever seen. Um Issa Rayon, who they'll probably only have for three months because he's a Duke commit, carved up a defense this weekend. You know, so that academy is still really good. The first team still has some excess guys that they don't know what to do with Jake McGuire being one of them, you know. Um so we'll see. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think they're a playoff team again. I think they're a better team than they were, which is in par with the rest of the East, so I'm not crazy for saying that. Um but I man, 5 would be I would be stunned if they were 5th. <laughs> that's so high. I'd be pretty surprised if they were 13th too though. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, Twitter assholes. <laughs> yeah, possible. Twitter does not like MLS 2 teams. No, they don't, and I understand, but we're better than most of them. And that's the thing, too, is is I think we'll see a few things happening today where we're going to be like Twitter, why? And I think one of the reasons are just not being um, familiar with with certain clubs and and their voting and just doing their best with limited knowledge on certain clubs. And this is this is one of those clubs where a lot of people don't know much about Bethlehem Steel. And and it's understandable. A lot of young kids, academy kids coming up and going back down. You know, it's it's just the way it is. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, to me, you look at Bethlehem and just last year's standings. I mean, they finished eighth last year ahead of him is Charleston, who we think is all going to take a massive step back. Rochester, who doesn't exist this year. Then you have Charlotte and New York, who we both seem to think regress a bit. And those are four teams that they could probably jump ahead. Yeah. The only way I think they really miss the playoffs is if every single new team all finishes ahead of Bethlehem. I think that's the only way they're really going to stand a chance to really not make the playoffs this season. They're going to be very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Great point. Appreciate everybody. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then Indy 11. Um, I think, Ryan, I think you're right about the whole NASL teams coming in. But, man, I I really like what Indy 11 is doing. And I think they were a solid NASL side. And again, I, you know, I think they're bringing in guys with a lot of veteran experience, with a lot of professional experience. I think they're all kind of mad due to, you know, maybe some of it. And, and you know, I, I don't think I think they're all professional, so I don't think this is the case. But, you know, some of those guys might be a little mad that they have to play kids. 
you know, and, and some of those guys might be a little frustrated and, and want to get some steam off because of the way they were handled this offseason with the NASL and not knowing if that was going to exist or not. And, you know, the move over and, and they're in a, a, a really pretty facility and they want to put on a, a good show for those fans and maybe people that are just getting exposed to Indy 11 for the first time and they get to play more than five teams. Donna, I think they're a solid playoff team. Um Right. They need more depth, I think, but but it, I'm sure they'll be able to find that. Yeah, if one of the NASL teams does what Tampa did, it's Indy. So yeah, I'm not sure they will be able to do that well, but if someone does, I'd say it's going to be Indy. Hmm. Moving on, uh, sixth place on aggregate. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds with 54 points. Ryan had them fourth. I had them ninth. Twitter, I like you again. Also had them nine. Um, Ryan, I've, I've made you talk a bunch about teams, so I'll, I'll talk about this one. I think I've, I've heard people say, well, the, the, the rest of the league might be catching up to and passing Bob Lilly. And, and I think we might see that start happening this year. And it's not Bob Lilly. And it's not that I don't think he brought in a solid team because I, he did. There's no argument on, on that one at all. I think if you're building a team, you know, that's a pretty good build. But I think the rest of the East got a lot better by and large. And I don't know if he's going to have, you know, just easy wins against, you know, or you know Rochester getting easy wins against teams when they're home because I don't think the the Highmark Stadium is as, as much as a fortress as as uh, as Capelli Sports Stadium was um, until they start playing there this year. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where where I don't know if he can score one goal a game and be fourth in the conference anymore. We'll see, but I don't think that's the case. I feel like Lily should have gone to the West and he might have been a stud. Because it's a weaker conference or because of... I think his style works better in the West, personally. I think the defensive thing works in the West. I mean, yeah. I, I just keep repeating how many um, how many penalty kick games there were in the playoffs in the West. And uh, right, right, watching right. that OKC Swope Park game, it was just defensive as hell and there weren't a lot of goals scored in the playoffs in general in the west so i think he could do really well in the west and if if he loses his job in pittsburgh for any reason i think he should head straight to i don't know um orange county or something like tulsa that. maybe he could do really well yeah hell yeah tulsa, tulsa would be cool pony ryan any thoughts on the riverhounds ryan you have them fourth um is it a color scheme thing are you really excited for the new logo <laughs> I mean, if you look at the previous two seasons, Rochester has finished fourth. And there, I mean, I dare say they'd be the arsenal of USL, just hmm. always top four up until recently. And they play a very just low defensive style of play. I mean, if you look at the players that Pittsburgh has signed for this season, I mean, you bring back Shevin Walsh, Kay Banjo, Kevin Kerr, and then you have, from the first look, you have six Rochester players making the move into Pittsburgh. In Rochester were a playoff team last year. I feel like it's hard to overlook a team just because they don't exist anymore. So it would not surprise me if Pittsburgh were to miss the playoffs, but I still feel like they're bringing in a lot of the right pieces from Rochester and just replicating it in Pittsburgh. 
Right. I kind of agree with Ryan. I think they're going to make the playoffs. The league ball is still the league ball, even with just one goal a game they're allowing on average. They'll sneak in somewhere between probably fifth or sixth, maybe down to seventh if they get unlucky. Could hit fourth, who knows? And they'll be a really tough and dangerous out. They'll be a team you have to score on and just lock down. It'll be one beat. It'll be beat Rochester one zero to get him out of the playoffs. Mm. Or mm. I just call him Rochester again because. What's the right. difference at this point? You know. Yeah. It's what if their logo true. that they're coming out with next week is just a rhino? Me as well. Change it to green right? too. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth in the standings. 57 points, three-point difference. Not not a lot. North Carolina FC, the former Railhawks. Um, Ryan had them... F- nope, Ryan had... <laughs> the highest they were was fourth. Excuse me. Uh, the lowest they were, Pony, you had them eighth. Twitter has them aggregate at fifth. Um, yeah, Pony, what's uh, what's up? Why don't you like North Carolina? Is it a logo thing? Do you not like... The- to me, it kind of... Again, going to what I said, I see Indy is more likely doing what uh, Tampa did. I think if someone does what Ottawa did, it'll be North Carolina. I mean, I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be a borderline playoff team. I mean, but I can't see them making a great run. And I think their floor is such that I leave them in eighth. Again, that's not bad. I mean, that is still technically playoffs. But I have a harder time seeing them be the team that at the end of the season we go, oh, wow, they came in and took the USL by storm. I'm weird. I I see them as the opposite. But is it a is it a player personnel thing that makes you feel that way about them? Because they got what they were third seed in the NASL playoffs with some really good teams. So I, I kind of viewed them as coming in and being the Cosmos more so. Um, so is it like I said? Is it a, per, a personnel thing or is it just a playing style thing? I mean, it's. A, I mean, I had Indian North Carolina right, right next to each other in my rankings. Indy was my number seven team, North. Carolina. It's just one or I can't – they're both hard for me to get a read on because we saw what a good NSL transfer did in Tampa, what a bad one did in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And I don't know NSL well enough to really be able to pick out the strongest traits that make one do good and one does bad. I could be completely wrong and the end up with North Carolina ends up being the three seed and we have Indy crash out down in 12th. But just kind of, it's almost like a gut feeling. I think Indy, I like their players a little bit more, but these teams are pretty interchangeable for me. I think at one point I had North Carolina above Indy and then switched it back at another point. It's hard for me to really get a good read on. Yeah, I I think I had the benefit of talking to uh, a Fury guy when St. Louis played them. Um, I think, yeah, it must have been last season. I talked to him at the very beginning of the season and he brought me up to date a little bit on what happened in NASL. and, And I think from what he was saying, the writing was a little bit on the walls with with the Fury because I think they got last place or something like that in NASL the year before, and the playing style was starting to get a little dated already back then. And um, you know they stopped bringing in high price guys. Um, so I you know I I think that was the Fury thing, and I, I don't quite get that read on either um, neither Indy Eleven nor um, North Carolina. But it could be totally a different situation. Um, but I, I think that's why I, I put um, North Carolina up high mostly because of how well they did in, in NASL. But, Ryan, did you did you follow them pretty well? You put them pretty high. 
Yeah, I put them in my personal rankings. I put them at seventh, and it just goes back to they finished third in the NASL combined season total or table last year, and then lost to I believe it was San Francisco in the semifinal, or no, it was the Cosmos. It was either Cosmos or San Francisco in the semifinals, and I just feel like they're returning a few really good players, and that this will be a side that people at least watch out, and it'd be my odds-on pick that. They'd be the best team in the Carolinas this year. I probably would agree with that. Yeah, you know, it's it's another one of those teams, and I think it's going to be that way for everyone up until maybe three in the East, where they can be in any one of the playoff spots, and, you know, no one would really flinch. Yeah. That being said, in fourth, 61 points. Nashville SC. Uh, myself, Big Kevin Pony had them at third. Phil, you have them at ninth, which is yeah. weird. Twitter has them at seventh. So I guess, yeah, I guess me and Twitter are, are closer. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I, well, you know, make listen. You're you're a man of the people. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I think I think my biggest worry is. Um, their attack really and um, maybe they plan on being super defensive granted from what I read from uh, golden goal today and prep for this episode because yeah I think I expected to be lowest on on Nashville and I wanted to be a little bit prepared apparently um, those those wingbacks were pushing pretty high against an MLS squad so they probably don't intend to necessarily sit back with five in the back um, and but you know, it works because I would say that the best players, when you read up on them, seem to be Justin Davis, Liam Doyle, and uh, London Woodbury, who have lots and lots of MLS experience for USL players. Obviously, Matt Pickens, a very solid goalkeeper. Um, so, you know, it looks like maybe they won't sit back and defend. They can probably rely on those four to hold the back. But Rapapa Mensa, obviously, he scored the, scored the first goal for them. Um, in this preseason game uh, the other day or yesterday. Uh, but he doesn't have that good of a, a, a stats, honestly. And I was just looking at that. He had seven goals maxed out in, in every season. Uh, he did decently well. Granted, he's playing with uh, Harrisburg, or, uh, Harrisburg up to this yeah. point. But he's never scored a ton of goals. So I'm not putting a lot of faith in him. Uh, Robin Schrute has the British uh, pedigree, I suppose. So maybe he'll impress, but basically I'm looking at the three center backs and then a lot of players that don't impress me that much, but maybe that's a lack of, of knowledge. If I can play a little bit of devil's advocate, as Please far as Papa Mensa goes, he was nominated for, for team of the, or player of the month rather, uh, when he got really hot, uh, the one month, I think it was September or something like towards the end of the year. Um, and was pretty much the only reason that, that Harrisburg then Harrisburg had uh, had that five game unbeaten stretch or whatever, um, and and I think even when I was talking the West, you know, and 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 I'll, I'll go back a little bit. Um, West said that they're going to start at a five three two, and they will play a little bit more defensively at first, which is smart, um, just to kind of get chemistry and things, and then they're going to look to attack up the wings, um, you know, with with uh you know taylor washington's out there um some other guys so you know it's it's interesting i I think their season i think you're right in that their season depends on rapapa mensa and how much of an x factor he can be um 
but he's he's in a lot better place now being that he's surrounded with guys that have done it before that have experience in you know pretty much every every you know corner of the country london woodbury who's a you know center back really but you know he's played with kai kamara and lee win and um you know schroot's got experience in england and and you know they have the uh, the young irish international um whose who's name i'm blanking on but you know there's a lot of guys on that team that can make rapapa mensa better just by being there so um yeah and i i think they're going to be the team that is the most like tampa bay was last year uh and it's weird because they have a bunch of guys auditioning for basically mls roles so those are going to be guys that have a point to prove and a lot of times teams that have points to prove do all right in terms of making those but yeah um definitely good stuff by the guys at golden gold nashville um talked to wes on the on the preview uh this last week so definitely go uh Go check out those guys. They're a bunch of uh, former journalists that now have day jobs as opposed to the rest of us who are people that have day jobs that pretend to be journalists. So um, <laughs> they, uh, they're bringing a, a lovely air of professionalism and Southern hospitality to the USL as far as media guys go. Um, and if I can get down there for my hot chicken and beer, I will be a happy man. Pony, Ryan, anything, uh, anything on Nashville? Yeah, I I just see Nashville is very solid with a pretty high floor. They have they brought in a lot of good players from a lot of different teams, not only USL but some X NASL, some XMLS players. While they could easily not be one of the elite teams, I think they're one of almost you could call them a lock for playoffs to me because their talent they brought in is just so good. You got people from a couple they poached especially from Tulsa and Swope Park. They grabbed a couple of good players. You got Kamura coming over from Tulsa. You got Doyle and Maloto from Swope Park. Those are all names. If you follow the West, you recognize them. Michael Reed from San Antonio again, another good solid player. I do agree that I'm a little bit worried about where all their goals are going to come from, but I think top to bottom, they're a solid team. And if we're doing rankings, I'm going to put a team I see as very solid without a lot without a lot of weak points pretty high up there. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with Pony on this one. And I feel like Nashville will be a very solid side. They could very well be FC Cincinnati from their first year and impress and finish as high as third in the Eastern Conference. Or they could be FC Cincinnati from this past year and basically impress off the field with attendance, but then finish sixth. It'll be interesting if they can at least find that attack and get past the first round of the playoffs because I definitely do see them as a lock for the postseason. Ryan, thank you for mentioning FC Cincinnati because in third place, 66 points, FC Cincinnati. Phil had them third, which was the highest out of all of us. I had them fifth, which means that all that goodwill I built over the last three years with the Cincinnati guys is now out of the window completely. Twitter had them uh, second. I should also mention that Twitter had Nashville 7th if I didn't, but I think I did. Anyway, uh, yeah, Cincy. Um, my reasoning is again, well, okay, two. One, I don't know, and obviously I made this after, well, before they, they played a game, but I don't know what they're doing with their CDMs with Half Hill and uh, yeah. just all, all that kind of weird tactical stuff. And I don't know if that's just a preseason experiment where coaches can do whatever they want and there won't be any consequence because come the season then it, it won't matter and it'll look, you know, normal um but the other thing is i think 
they have a pending MLS bid that no one knows what's going on. And my favorite bachelor, Don Garber, is playing a, hey, can I speak to you for a second with everyone that currently has the role and it apparently involves money or something. Um, and then the other one is the Tommy Heineman thing because that's going to drag on for, hmm, I'll call it three months at least, depending, because there's going to be a verdict and then there's going to be arbitration and then there's going to be arbitration again. So um that'll be interesting i'm sure that will be on everyone's mind it was a guy that they were expecting to play a lot of minutes and a lot of important minutes who is no longer there um yeah i mean obviously you know they brought in some good players they kept some of their guys that i wasn't super fond of like justin hoyt uh but you know it's they're still a playoff team i just don't think they're this high yeah they I thought they I can say I I got to, I haven't told anyone yet. I'm actually in Florida right now to uh see St. Louis FC in in preseason and to kind of talk to them, but I also got to catch that rowdy Cincinnati game and um I can tell you that I think if they in, intend to press high, um they did it at one point against the Rowdies and boy did it look good. Um and it was with Bone playing in the 10 role and and so they may be doing that um that um, um, like, you know, that Tab Ramos kind of thing, maybe where you put your six in the 10 roll and then he just presses up high and tries to get turnovers and then gets it, you know, score a goal that way. Um, so perhaps they'll try that or maybe they were just trying it in a preseason game and they'll give up on it. But I think that explains the weird six and 10 rolls thing. But, um, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. The thing I, I did about putting up in third is I really could very easily, have put them up higher because of the pedigree of players and all the, the crazy, if you look at the highlights of all the, the middle signings of their attacking players, which pretty much even some of the guys in the back are more attacking than they are defending. So, um, man, they're so good and they have so, so much potential. Uh, I think they could easily get first place, but, um, they didn't look too good against Tampa Bay. It's way too early to talk about it too seriously, but they didn't look <laughs> yeah. too good the other day. They did win the game. They, they you know, Tampa Bay kind of uh, blinked and they let a guy in and, and didn't defend well early in the season. But for the most part, Tampa Bay looked a lot better um, playing kind of prettier soccer and Cincinnati being really physical for it mm-hmm. being February. <laughs> um, but maybe that's what they intend to do and, and they can do it with that personnel. So, um, super high ceiling, not that low of a floor, in my opinion. Um, they could go much higher than third, and even though I'm the highest, I, I, I stand by that pretty pretty solid. For for me, I first like to say Cincinnati. I did not rank you the lowest, so I don't hate you that much. See, he can't hate there. you. He he didn't rank you that low. It was me, but the other Evan. <laughs> See, the thing Tony is, had me, fourth, by the way. It's not the offense I'm scared about for Cincinnati, but it's the defense. Here's a list of teams in the East that Cincinnati allowed less goals than last year. New York, Toronto. That's it. They had 48 goals allowed, which was tied with St. Louis for 12th. They allowed they were the 12th best team on defense. And that's what I'm really concerned about Cincinnati, especially as a lot of these teams could score. And Cincinnati struggled against the top teams who usually can score. So, to me, until Cincinnati proves to me their defense is good, I'm going to have a lot of problem buying them third. Well, I still have them fourth because I think their offense is that good. But I don't think they're, I don't like the thought of Cincinnati going, we'll beat you four to three every game like New York tried to do last year. 
That's solid. And, and yeah, it's an all-new back line, uh, new goalkeepers, uh, who yep. Richie looked very, very good, by the way. Uh, he was tested a little more than I think he would have liked to see, and I'm sure Koch didn't enjoy watching that either, but he did a great job. Uh, could be the next Mitch, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, we had the same final two teams, and if you're playing along at home, you already know who they are. Um, it was a three to two split on who was number two, who was number one. I will just say it this way: seventy-seven points. Louisville, Ryan, and myself had them first. Kevin, Phil, and Pony had them second. First place this year in the Eastern Conference for the USL show. The Tampa Bay Rowdies on seventy-eight points. That would be a hell of a race if that actually happened. I kind of want to see that now. Kevin, Phil, Pony had them first. Self and them second. Twitter have them third. Whoa. Twitter, in fact, had FC Cincinnati second, so a little bit of a disparity there. Guys, I, I don't know if we need the Louisville's the defending champions and the Tampa Bay Rallies won the offseason in terms of signings. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really what it comes down to, and it's just which one do you value more? Yep. I mean, these are the top two teams pretty clearly to me. I mean, Cincinnati maybe could make it, but I think they need to perform at the top of their level to catch up to these two guys. They... Louisville crushed it last season, even though they kind of stayed the same a lot this offseason. And we know being staying the same could catch up to you in a bad way quickly in the USL. They were so much better. I think they actually could afford to do it this year. In Tampa, they just got a lot better than they were last year. And last year, they were good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just need to figure out how to play away. If they figure that out, they win. Seriously. Oh, no kidding. If Tampa Bay could win like maybe half of their road games, they've won the East. Yeah, easy. And I think, honestly, now that I think about it, and, and because you brought it up, that was the reasons I just don't think they can win away. They don't like turf, and they don't like baseball fields. Perhaps that's the problem. <laughs> it's, it's weird because they play here. on a remodeled one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me personally, Ryan, anything? I, just give, I was just saying, uh, personally, for me, I just give a lot of credit to the defending champion, Louisville City. I mean, yeah. just if you look at everyone who they brought back, if you take out oh uh, Tarek Mora, Guy Bend, and Mark Anthony K, who was sold to Los Angeles FC, they still have a very decent roster of players built up. I mean, this is a team last year that if you had a minute, unless you were a goalkeeper, you scored a goal for Louisville last season. And that's something that was incredibly hard to replicate from any other team in the season. I mean, as far as you looking at Tampa, I still feel like they'll be a very top side. They won't be third like they were last year. I definitely think they'll be up to two. I mean, you bring back Akira Fitzgerald, Joe Cole, Marcel Schaefer. Then you sign Jochen Groff, um, Junior Flanagan, and G. Horstroff is coming back. I still feel like Tampa is going to be a very dangerous team to watch out for again. They looked so good yesterday. And Marcel Schaefer is just a little bit too good for this league. He is ridiculous. He's my MVP of the league next year. I'm just going to call it right now. <laughs> he deserves it. He probably deserved it last year, to be honest with you. I mean, he was just destroying the crosses. And uh, they had – it was crazy. In the second half, they put in a trialist up top. And uh, right underneath him was um, uh, Georgie Ristoff. And uh, – I mean, that, that guy up top was just invisible the whole time, and <laughs> Georgie was having to fill both roles, basically. So they had a really tough time, but they were still getting in crosses and headers like crazy uh, just because that, that talent between Ristoff and, uh, and uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Marcel Schaefer is, uh, is so good. It's ridiculous. Hey, 
Hey guys, before we move on to the West, I'd like to talk to you about those really hot Nigerian kids that just came out for the World Cup. Oh, they're good. They're really good, right? Love they're them. awesome. You know where you can find those, by the way, for purchase? Soccerloco.com. You're damn right you can find them at soccerloco.com. Did you like that? That was good, right? Like that was it. good. Now, Perfect. now, before you, disclaimer, please, this is going to sound weird. Don't just go to soccerloco.com because we're an affiliate with them. So what happens? Go to the USLshow.com, click the Soccer Loco. And if you're if you're thinking to yourself like I did, you're a white boy with red hair. You can't wear green with, with really loud white and black stripes. That's okay. That's okay. It's great. It's fine. You know, say you want that really cool Kevin De Bruyne kit to celebrate him, you know, destroying the world this weekend. Or or maybe you want to, you know, celebrate Alexis Sanchez moving to Manchester United that UEFA Champions League spot. Perhaps you want a DeAndre Edlin kit because you really like him but don't want to buy an American men's national team jersey because, well, you don't like Carlos Cordero and we're not making the World Cup anyway. So that being said, there's a blue logo. It says Soccer Loco. Click on that guy and shop away. We'll get a cut of that money. And uh, and they are uh, a good, good folks. Good folks. I talked to DK at the United Soccer Convention. We had a great time. Uh, some Howler guys were there. It was a good time. So support uh, support our friends out there at Soccer Loco based out of uh, lovely San Diego, California. And, uh, yeah, help the show out a little bit. Okay? Okay? We also have Patreon. Patreon.com backslash the USL show. I'll say y'all names now so that way you know you're special. I wrote them down. Uh, Zach Dyke, Eric, Aaron Gunyan, Chris Carnes, Brandon Hill, Unused Subs, and uh, Evan, you're still on there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, paying for the privilege. So uh, I, I didn't really have another way to tell you, so there you go. You're there. <laughs> Good to know. But hey, for those other guys that aren't pony, we appreciate you. Thanks for giving <laughs> us the money, financially supporting the podcast. You totally don't have to do that, but you do. You should all have your stickers. If you don't, DM us on Twitter. I don't really get email notifications when things happen. I also don't have your email addresses or your uh, your actual addresses, rather, if you were already a Patreon. So hit us up with those, and we'll send you out stickers if you don't have them. If you already have them. I'll, I'll know so don't don't try me again anyway hey guys we did the same thing for the western conference same idea 17 uh teams 17 points for first place one point if you're 17th place and then we came up with the table that being said in 17th it was the portland timbers too kev had them 15th he's dead i mean six so he uh he prepared a statement the rest of us had them at 17th let me read you what kev said in the words of Big Kev, so it is written, so it shall be done. Gotta find it. Hold on. I like it. Uh, you can also mention that I have teach you higher than everybody else because they couldn't possibly be that bad again. And if first team uses T2 correctly, they could actually be pretty good and fun to watch. Zero expectations that T2 make playoffs, though. No way. The old... Uh... How could it be worse? Argument. <laughs> yeah, it can't get any worse. It has to get better from here. From from Big Kev McCamish, guys. Um, are we all just in agreement that they're the Toronto FC two of the West, and we can just move on with our lives? Mm-hmm. They're more likely to bounce back, but yes. Ryan, I think it'll be an interesting race for Wooden Spoon between them and Toronto. <laughs> can we give them a trophy? Is that mean? Yes, no, but think- also yes. Okay, great. What do we want? What do we call it? The the battle of who could care less? Is this where we're going to send the paper bag? Yeah, but this, <laughs> this is where we're going. To, we're going to send them a paper bag. No, no, no. I know. 
flaming poop paper bag. No, no, that's like a biohazard and weird. I don't want to get off of the wrong foot with those guys. What if we give them like a like a signed eight by ten of Caleb Porter? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. We'll do that. Uh, In sixteenth place on ten points, the Seattle Sounders two. Pony, you had them 15th. Kev had them 17th, probably due to animosity and personal grudges. Twitter had them 16th. Yeah, Sorry. well, they've never finished worse than 12th. And until this year? <laughs> well, maybe until this year, but they made the playoffs in 2015, 2016, 2017, both finished 12th. I don't think they're going to drop more. They're still always have some talent there. They'll put stuff together. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to be at the bottom either. They're going to be in that happy middle ground of playoff irrelevant, but yet not dumpster fire. It's good to be in the West. (laughs) It's very good to be in the West. (laughs) In 15th, the Los Angeles Galaxy 2. Los Dos, if you will. 16 points. Decent jump from 16 to 15 in the West, I guess. Pony, you had them 13th. Kevin had them 16th, probably due to personal animosity and grudges, or maybe he just doesn't like Landon Donovan a whole lot or something. Um, Twitter had them 15th, which is where we have them. I just like their academy more than Sounders or Timbers, so they're here. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, they walked, they just did a massive implosion of what they used to be. They were always a playoff relevant team up until last year. And I think they could find a way to bounce back a little bit from that. They might not be to their, to the skill they were, they actually won the West playoffs a few years back, but I don't think they're going to be 15th. There's a few teams I think are objectively worse than them with a much, much lower ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're, I mean, every Academy side has their off year and that was just, uh, Louis Dose's turn. So I feel like they could definitely bounce back. They will definitely improve from last season. I don't see them being a playoff team unless Lawton is loaned to them for a few matches. Then, of course, they wouldn't believe it was Lawton. Hey, maybe some rehab matches, huh? It's perfect. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> it would be insane. Zlatan, you've won Speaking pretty much of every insane. Europe. <laughs> come with a USL title. <laughs> then that was in your career. I would also like to point out that we finished and finalized this poll, I think, before these next team's jerseys came out. It was after. It was after? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. All right, well, point. I, good. I was going to say, because if, if we finished it after, which we did, but let's for the sake of the joke, then this team would have finished 17th. <laughs> Because I don't know what they were thinking with A, wearing black in the desert. So and someone B, pointed out it's at night when they play usually. It will be like 7.30 games. I guess. That's good. But like, I'm not going to wear their jersey only at 7.30. Which, by the way, I'm not buying it because they put a smiley face on the inside. Oh my god, what are you thinking? 14th place on 23 points, which really we should dock them that many this season because the jerseys are terrible. Las Vegas Lights, everybody. Yay. Phil, you had them 10th. Pony, you had them 16th, I'm sure, because of the jersey. Twitter had them at 11th because probably, you know, their logo looks neat. Yeah. I mean, I I, I did have them 15th and the jersey came out. And I decided to drop them a point because you have to take stuff away for that. <laughs> I would have preferred way, This is not just because I'm gay, but I would have preferred them shirtless. <laughs> she made that joke, too. The better kit with the guys in the shorts. 
than the guys in the real jerseys. I liked the robes before they took them off, too. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it in the group chat, but what are the odds they get a yellow card due to the smiley face celebration? Oh, 200%. Yeah, at I some point, someone will get, and it'll be a second yellow card too. Yeah, that's the way these things work. Very good. But I, I just don't trust this team. I don't think they have a great attack. Their defense is questionable. This was before we saw them play their first game, which backed it up. I mean, their attack was almost non-existent. Their defense had multiple really bad giveaways. Their keeper actually played very, very well. I'll give them that much. The keeper had a great first game. It could have, it should have been like a five-zero game. And if you and watch kept the highlights, they talk more about the kind of weirdo he is more so than how he played. I don't know if you've seen this, but he like apologized to the fans for messing something up, and he he did the the finger wag to someone when he made. Ooh, a we hit him with the Yeah, basically. <laughs> Phil, you had them at tenth, and in the words of Kenny Rogers. <laughs> You had to know when to hold them, and you had to know when to fold them. Phil, <laughs> I am you're listening. hoping that it pays off because you have Vegas oh in 10th in the West. I am terrible at poker, so maybe this is part of the problem. Um, mm, it'll be a no, good analogy. I got really excited about um, I got really excited the about the, them bringing in the Mexican players and the ex-national players, and, and uh, I thought they'd be pretty good, but the shtick is getting thicker and thicker by the day. Um, so... I'm not sure I'm liking how, you know, all the the silly things they're doing, maybe overtaking how much they care about the game on the field. And that highlights, they definitely talk about that and say that it was more fun doing all the things, talking about the team than it was watching them play. They basically said something like that. And I don't like that. Um, it is Vegas, so maybe that's exactly what they should and, and can be. But, um, you know, I'm starting to regret this 10th place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I will say the team has probably one of the more creative promotions as far as their players goes. If they get a win and three plus goals, that each of them get a hundred dollars in chips at one of the local casinos that sponsor their shorts. Oh, I forgot yeah. that, and I want to like keep said, forgetting it. Maybe they'll be good. I mean, it'd be cool if they had some kind of style. Like if if they do bring in a lot of Latin players, like if they have a more interesting style of play and how that mixes with USL. It could be really fun. Um, and maybe it could I, go well, but I have a half serious question for everybody. The first time the players saw the black kits, right? Do you think someone at the club went and then, you know, and then they're like, well, why? Cause to my knowledge, no other team has put anything on the inside of their kit. So they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, turn it inside out. It's really cool. And they'll be like, well, it should just be, you know, like a you know, different color of, of what's underneath because it's – and then they see a smiley face. Like, what's your initial reaction upon seeing a similar side of a jersey other than why am I here? Where's my agent? <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I do know from – I do know from the Columbus crew when they had their uh, four Columbus kits a few years ago on the underside of their patch, they had um, an outline of what their old patch was from 1996 up until the rebrand. So I don't believe they're the first team to have something on the underneath of their shirt. Probably to this extent, they are the one that have the largest imprint underneath the shirt. Mm. Pony, I get the feeling that I'm going to be what you are to Cincinnati to Las Vegas. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about that. 
Oh, that's really hard because I'm really, really low on Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think we're both going to be on that one. Okay, that's fine. There's enough room on the anti-hype bus for both of us. It would be a fun sure. road trip. It would be. It would be. Our, our our friend of the show, Carson Merck, had a great time out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he said it was a lot of fun. So and he, he, that was I, I'm not preface that with that was everything said this. before the game. Well, and I'm not selling him out. I, he said this before uh, when we were talking to him. I think he said it publicly, but he said he liked the kids. So I'm talking to him this week. We're Carson, I'm revoking your invitation that you have from Phil <laughs> on the show. We're finding somebody else. Yeah. Well, I'm talking the, about RGV with him on. Thursday. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, yeah, Carson, you just week. can't talk about Las Vegas anymore. You have to focus <laughs> on the Toros. Sorry. Um, hey, uh, 13th place, 27 points. Tulsa Roughnecks. Phil, you had them 11th. Myself and Pony had them 14th. Twitter had them at 10th, so I think Roger made a bot and voted a bunch. <laughs> no, I. they used to be the whipping boys of the West. Um, yeah, no, they're not going to be. That'll be no, Vegas. I just feel like they figured something out last year by moving. I think they moved the coach up to a technical director role and you know got a different coach um, who seemed to do really well, and the Chicago relationship seems to be very beneficial to them. And so I think maybe they just figured out a formula to – to not be in the bottom half of, of the table, or if they are, they're, they're close to the middle. So um, I think they'll pretty easily get 11th, no matter who they have right now, which isn't bad. I I think they lost the best five players on the offseason. That's going to – they're up there with uh, Charleston for the team who had the worst offseason in my book. And I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were a couple of years back when they were basically the Toronto or Portland or whatever you want to say it is but I don't think they're going to have a great season this year. They've lost too many critical pieces. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to echo what Pony says in that they're just not the same team. I feel like they'll be one of the sides that will drop out of a playoff spot like they were in last year. Yeah. 12. Carson, you'll you'll have to tell us how wrong we are, or maybe not, or, or whatever, on, uh, on Phil's preview Rio Grande Valley Toros 30 points uh Kevin Pony both had him 11th Phil had them 14th Ryan and I uh not you know in between the two the lowest was 14th Twitter has them at 13th yeah Pony yeah this is again the area of the table where it's just the teams to me that are going to be okay they're not going to be bad they're not going to be great and I'm kind of just trying to figure out who has the highest upside I think they have more upside than a couple teams, but not many. They're not going to be at the bottom of the table. They're probably not going to be in the playoffs. Finishing around there, taking they'll be a team that will probably that could easily trip up someone fighting for the playoffs late. But I think they're just going to be more more of what we saw last year, where they're okay, they're not good, and I miss the the Rio Grande Valley that was really good in their first year. I, I miss that team. That was a fun team. I'd like them back. Bill, you, you put the Toros just lower than literally anybody. Yeah, they just don't. And there's You don't know much about them right now. Uh, they, this was the hardest team for me in the West to take a guess on. I, I really just didn't know. And so I'm, I'm excited to find out more on Thursday. If I'm wrong on them, like, so be it. I just wasn't sure where to put them. They didn't have many <laughs> players. They've never been amazing uh, since that first year. So, Or they haven't been amazing since that first year. So there they are, 14th. <laughs> 
Guys, this one's this one's weird. In eleventh, thirty-six points. It's Reno. Kev has them ninth. Phil and Pony have them twelfth. Twitter has them fourth. Fourth. Yeah. To recap, none of us have them in a playoff spot. Twitter has them four. <laughs> so um yeah. Twitter, explain yourself again. You're crazy. <laughs> You're all over the place. I mean, you just look at yeah, some of the players is... they lost. I mean, do you compare it to Chris Wayhead going to San Jose and Matt LaGrossa going to Nashville? I mean, yes, they still have Antonin Hilknot and the signed guy of Ben from the defending champions. I just feel like that doesn't replicate hate the players that they lost. And Wayhead was an exciting player to watch last season. And I feel like they'll definitely be the best team in Nevada this year, but they're going to take a large step back from what side they were or a year ago. Yeah, exact same thing. They lost too many really solid people. And if Dan Kelly ends up being gone, they have no hope of making the playoffs again. No, I think I've said it before that Wayhan probably could have been on the MVP ballot. He was that good. I know he won Rookie of the Year. It's one of the, I think he led the league in assists. Yep. I mean, you still have Oxford, who is a great defender who is now gone. Uh, Felipe for San Jose is also, he was okay. He was, I mean, well, he got signed by San Jose. He was obviously good. I mean, they lost a lot of strong players and without getting good loans, preferably those exact same players back on loan from San Jose, I think they're going to really struggle this year. Yeah, I was going to say this, this season really, really revolves around replacing Dane Kelly. And if they can get those guys on loan back to them, that is huge. And, and, I mean, honestly, getting those guys back on loan alone could could halfway fix it, if not get them all the most all the way there. Um, especially if they could pick up a good striker. And and honestly, if Foley has not surfaced, and the year he won the the Golden Boot was the year Dane Kelly was down with an injury with Swope Park. So this might be the perfect time for him to come back, return himself to baller status, get that golden. Uh, golden boot with Reno and bring them back to uh, their former glory because right now it's not looking good. So, Yeah, I mean, you look at the players they had on their first team and second team all USL last year. On the first team, you had Reno and or, you had Chris Wayhan and Dan Kelly and Wayhan's back in San Jose. Dan Kelly is, is whoever knows. And then you had uh, Jimmy Oxford from Reno on the second team on the back line. He's also another player that returned to San Jose. So Overall, a lot around if they can find these lone players again. Sean O'Coley's agent needs to uh, get in touch with them. That, that'd be a perfect fit. Mm. I'll do it. I'll take the cut. <laughs> Good. 10th place, 41 points, Orange County SC. Phil Pony had them at 9th. Ryan has them at 11th. Twitter has them at 14th. Yeah. They made a, a good run when they had a lot of the a few of the St. Louis FC players from last year who were some of our shining players, uh, good hardworking guys that were pretty talented. Um, so I think that gave me a bit of a bump with them because they seemed to uh, kind of figure things out. And they, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year more than most teams. So um, I think they'll do a little bit better than last year, but not crazy better. So Yeah, they're with me with – RGV and a team who's going to be upcoming here shortly as the ones who are in that kind of gray area of they could make the playoffs, but I don't think they will. And Orange County, I think, just has the most pot potential to out of them. 
These are teams that have a, a ceiling of sixth, but maybe a floor of around 12th. It's that that type of club where it's just a matter of how much you really want to buy into what they've put on the field. So, Yeah. Yeah, one train has just done okay for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to tell at this point. We shall see. We shall see. Eighth place. Or no, sorry. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Ninth place. Colorado Springs switchbacks and 49 points. I have them the highest at seventh. Pody had them the lowest at tenth. They rounded out on Twitter at ninth. Um, real quick. I, you know, I, I just, one of two teams that I think is going to have a, a decent year that most people don't. And, and obviously, you know, Jamal Jack is a big get for them. Um, I think that's a that's a really big deal. Really solid defender, um, and in a Western Conference where I think a lot of the, you know, just outside of the playoff maybe where it's you don't really know a whole lot about them and it's kind of a crapshoot. Jamal Jack is a guy that kind of stands out as as a guy that can at least steal you a draw. They did finish ninth last year, so on aggregate we have them where they were. <laughs> um, but you know, I I don't know. I th- I think they they sneak into the playoffs this year. Hey, you, to, sorry, go ahead. Uh, talking to Mark Turner from Backchat, um, he kind of let us know a little bit that you know two years ago they were looking pretty good. They had a crazy good run in the early part of the season, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, um, they they fell off last year when I think they tried to play prettier soccer. And there's just a place where if they can just defend really well and and play what and get a lot of those wins at home. Uh, where they have a, a distinct advantage at altitude, um, I, and hopefully, I, I think they just go back to that that blue collar style style of soccer, um, and I think they'll do better this year. But if they don't, I think they're going to continue to fall like they did. Yeah, they're in that same pool for me as I was talking about just a bit ago. They've taken a few hits. They lost Arguerta. They lost Freider. Looks like they've lost Phillips, and those are three very talented players for him. And I, while I kept a lot of good players too, I haven't seen him bring in, I think, enough players to replace those three in particular who were pretty key components of the, of the switchbacks last year. The one player, I mean, they returned to Luke Vericola um, this season, but the one player I'm most excited about seeing is um, Tobeno Uzo, who they signed from the PDO North South Atlantic Division champion, regular season champion, Myrtle Beach Mutiny. In his 14 appearances last year, he had 13 goals and was easily one of the strongest PDO players. And that was with signing him immediately after the playoffs in the July transfer window. So I feel like if he can get enough time on the pitch, he could easily light up the Western Conference. That's cool. I, I mean, I remember seeing him play when he was up in Wilmington, and he was basically electric and like the focal point of the Mutiny's attack. That's a good shout, hmm. someone to watch for. Eighth place, 50 points. Fresno, Pony, you had them fifth. Kevin had them 13th, only to have them out of the top eight. Twitter had them 12th, so Pony, another chance to make some friends here. Yeah, Fresno, I see right now they're still missing a couple pieces. Their defense and forwards aren't quite where I'd like them to be, but I think this team has a lot of potential because their midfield is going to be very, very, very good. They got Kaffa from Tulsa, who again top 10 player i think overall last year in the entire usl got a work from colorado springs another very talented midfielder they got barrera from sacramento who's another very very good chance creating midfielder i think if they could build around those three 
they could be a very, very dangerous team in the West. I'm maybe looking a little bit too far forward with them, but I think they're started off on the right foot, and with a couple more good signings, they will be one of the better teams out in, out in the entire league, possibly. Yeah, I view them as like the Nashville of the West, where they, they put together a really talented squad, a good start, and uh, I think they could do uh, be a very dangerous team, but it could it could go both ways for sure. That's why I didn't put them too high, but I like the way it started, just like you, Pony. Twitter, do you just not like foxes? Is that what it is? I think it's afraid of new things. <laughs> mm, it's new things. They just don't like it's. It's fair. It's like my parents. They just don't like new things. Seventh place, fifty-two points. Sacramento Republic. I had them fourth. Phil, you had them thirteenth. You're awful. Oh man, <laughs> I took man. Pony destroyed them on on the preview when we were talking about Sacramento, and I bought in. I bought they did in. Make signings. They made some signings after that. I think Pony they did, didn't yeah. even have them thirteenth, and you're like, no, thirteenth. I'm, you know what? I meant to ask you who they signed and and what 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 they were like, and I must have missed it pretty badly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we, case. yeah, we recorded that after they lost Barrera and before they brought in Bajev. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense of why they got rid of Barrera when they the player they brought in from loan from Portland for about half the season and did a good job actually got signed the next week. Hmm. So I think they're going to be again. I'm they're trending up. They're not going to be a great team. I don't think they're going to challenge for the best team in the West, but I think they're back on track for saying like they're targeting maybe if they get lucky fourth place, probably going on the road in first round. But yeah, if they, if Bajev was not on the team, I would have, I think I, I think I moved him up from ninth or 10th once they signed him. I mean, Sorry, Bajev really just kind of turned around the team from last season and, and you guys were able to upset Real Monarchs in the first round of the basically a supporter shields winner and off a pk so i feel like fourth is definitely the ceiling but a borderline playoff side it's more likely yeah um i'm actually really excited to see what their coach can do not a lot of new zealanders coaching in america uh jobs and uh coach elliot him, him in the rapids coach right believe yeah but, uh, you know, Elliot's got – he's got plenty of, of U.S. experience, 122 caps for the Galaxy, 59 for Columbus, um, 15 for the Quakes in 2009, has 69, which is a nice number <laughs> for New Zealand. Um, thank you, Ryan, for your pity laugh. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I you know, fourth might be a little high, but I'm, I'm all right with them. Uh, you know, they're a playoff team for sure, I think. Sixth place, 60 points. We all said – well said sixth place. Oklahoma City Energy. Twitter had them at eighth. Again, ruined it's a playoff it. team. <laughs> yeah, Twitter ruined it. Damn it, Twitter. <laughs> Guys, thoughts on OKC? I mean, it's it's OKC. I mean, this is yeah. kind of their bread and butter. They're a good, solid team. They're not going to really light it up. They consistently do well when it comes to playoffs. They decide to show up when the playoffs start every season more than more than normal, but I think they're I think they're looking at the same well, uh, Oklahoma the City. The big warriors. They kind of sit pat, so yeah, we'll see what they can do without Nielsen. Yeah. Fifth place, sixty-one points, one point difference separating sixth and five for us. Small partners, Philly had them four. Pony has them eighth. Twitter has them fifth. 
I mean, I'll be interested to see if Swoport can repeat for a third time as as um Western Conference <laughs> champions. And they might as well try the East at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they get a third time, that's like incredible stability. I mean, we could, unless they lose in the final this year from the Western Conference, we could easily declare them the New England Revolution of USL just from, based off of their ML or just based off of their cup experience. I'm gonna call them the Buffalo Bills of the USL, but that's fine. I wanted to throw in a stalker reference. I know. Considering I my location. <laughs> Pony, what's up? what's up? Why don't you like Swift Park, Dane, Dane Kelly? I think they lost a good amount of decent players this offseason. I mean, they lost Balo's gone, Mercevec is gone, Meloto's gone, Duke is gone, Doyle's gone. And those are all players that have been a pretty key part of this team. I think they usually can build back up and replace them and become a playoff relevant. They're going to finish fourth place and somehow never play a road game in the playoffs again, team. But I think I want to see them bring in a team that actually could, I'm more confident in being able to replace those guys first. I like they brought in Barry from Orlando. That's a quietly good get. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm not 100% sold on them being as good as they were last year which probably means they're going to be on the road or they're going to just win the West, one of the two, to prove me wrong. <laughs> they can't seem to hold on to a coach, uh, which is weird, yeah. but maybe not weird um, because maybe Peter Vermees might be a difficult boss. I, I can see that being a possibility, but mm. um, but also maybe part of that system and part of the demands that Vermees puts on his players uh, falls down all the way down to the bottom to the USL and the academies because – they keep bringing up good players. I think they're going to fill in with some academy players. Um, God help him if Jalen Lindsay isn't able to make uh, the senior squad. He'll be great in USL. I think he's good enough for MLS. But um, they've got some young kids that are coming up that can handle it. And so if, if Nagamura, their new coach, can can uh, bring them up the right way and, and coach them up, and I think they can return to their glory. But I'm also wondering how much they care about USL right now because um, – mm. You know, not building. Obviously, they made a stand not to upgrade Swope Park, um, where they play. Um, upgrading that field to be sanctioned Division Two. They're just going to go play in some high school in Kansas. So they probably don't care much about it. Probably going to go D three or lose the team in general uh, in the near future. So maybe they don't care as much. They just brought a guy who's in the Sporting Kansas City system to coach the USL team this year. Maybe they'll fall off just because of all those things. On the flip side, though, there's not a whole lot of people that know Peter Vermees and Peter Vermees' system better than, than Pablo Nagamura um, that are coaching right now, I guess, is the yeah. caveat to that one. So I mean, He keeps picking good coaches or true. players, but it seems like he's picking good coaches, so maybe he found another good one. Yeah. Fourth place, St. Louis, 64 points. Ryan, Kev, Pony all had them fourth. I had them ninth. Phil, I'm sorry. Twitter had them seventh. Phil, the only reason I put them ninth, just to be honest with you, is the travel. Oh, interesting. It's a lot more of it. I think other than that, you guys had a really great offseason. I like your new coach a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think those those road trips and, and everything like that might might wear down some guys. That, and you just lost Tomas Gomez. Not that that factored in. Fr- fact, factored in, not fractured in. That's terrible. <laughs> um, but not that that factored in, but you know, it doesn't help things. No, it doesn't. I agree with you there. 
But, I mean, you look at some of the players that St. Louis were able to sign this year. I mean, obviously, you said Christian Valeski had made a return from Minnesota, but they also have Corey Herzog, Sean Reynolds from Louisville City, e. Albert Dequa from Orlando City B, Wallfall. Uh, I feel like this is a very good side for the, for the Western Conference making their annual trip to the other side of the country. E, but uh, I feel like this will be a solid playoff team, probably that borderline between a home or road playoff game in the first round. I mean, they set him up to be successful. Uh, it's all up to Anthony Poulos now to, to bring them together and, and make them perform and be able to perform with, um, you know, o OCB's goalkeeper and an academy kid backing him up for three to four week, uh, months, rather, uh, while Tomas Gomez comes back. So we'll see how it goes. I actually have a lot of faith, and I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names, but I don't remember the uh, OCB's goalkeeper's name, but... He is um, a solid goalkeeper. I, I really, I'm not too worried about him. I think he's going to do just fine in, in Tomas's uh, absence. So as long as everything goes all right and he's set up to succeed, we'll see how he does. Jake Fenlison was the Thank OCB you. goalkeeper. Fenlison. Uh, I actually see St. Louis as kind of similar to Cincinnati where on paper they look great. And the question is how will that translate to the pitch? Yeah, that's and that's the funny thing about St. Louis is they've looked okay on paper <laughs> for a year and a half, perhaps. But uh, man, to me, this seems this feels the most right of all of them. But um, you know, don't get too excited, St. Louisans. Guys, we did it. We have finally reached Twitter wavelength nirvana. All five of us and Twitter had the same top three. That being said, it's a little different between us and, and Twitter in this regard. Third place, we have San Antonio FC on 77 points. Kevin and Pony had them at second. Myself, Phil, and uh, and Ryan had them third. Twitter has them first. So, Harry, I, or at Raymond Cole on Twitter, I think you have a bot set up. San Antonio bot strikes again, everybody. <laughs> second place, uh, Real Monarchs SLC on 80 points. Ryan, myself, and Phil had them in first. Phil, I think you're biased because you talked to their GM. <laughs> Kevin Pony had them at third, Twitter had them at second, so we're, we're dead on there. In first place, 82 points, Phoenix Rising, Kevin and Pony have them first, myself, uh, Phil, and Ryan have them second, Twitter has them a third. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah what, what's there to say? Yeah, I mean, I'll kick it off with San Antonio, who returned Diego Restrepo, Craig Cochran, and Maxi Rodriguez, and Chris Tierpak, and I feel like they're just going to be pretty much the same exact side that they were last year and just kind of improve upon that. Diego Rappo could very easily is easily the leading favorite for Golden or for Golden Glove this year. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for him to get called up to Miami Beckham FC for his really good open cup performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean clearly these are the best three teams in the Western Conference. There's really yeah. no entertaining another thought of who else it would be um it's just kind of you know what you like more in terms of who did what and, and where you think everyone's gonna end up um i think it'll be tight between monarchs and, and phoenix rising um and it's not just because we've had a gm on uh, on our show from real monarchs i think they're a really solid team mark briggs is a great coach they have a good academy do they have a good academy because they, their catchment area is like the size of a bunch of developing nations in the in the in the world? Yes, probably. But you know they're good at developing talent, so that helps. 
Well, they were the first to really buy into that the most, at least. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I felt that way before I talked to anyone. But uh, they also built that, that big facility, and, and they're able to keep kids there rather than having to drive them in from other states at times. Uh, so, you know, they care about it, and they keep improving on, on making that a successful thing. So, And it's cool that they use it in the USL. Not all the teams do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm if one team I think falls this year probably will be the Monarchs because they started last season on fire, won 12 of 13 games, and then won, well, still won 8 of 20 amount. That's still good, but it's not great. They did drop off and switch from being one of the basically the by far best team in the league to probably a team that's like third, fourth type seed strength. So I'd like to see if they bounce back or if they still. I mean, either way is good, but if one team falls out of that top three, I think it's going to be them just because after the first third of the season, they looked above average instead of elite. But I mean, you also look at their attack. I mean, they've brought in Justin Portillo and Michael Chang and Chandler Hoffman, which is a very dangerous trio, which I could see them just leading the way in goals was having more than 50% of those of the team's goals combined between those three. Right. They could absolutely do that, too. And they I think have so much, they have a lot of swing. Yeah, and they have so much talent. They're one of the few USL teams where I'm actually like wondering if uh, moving guys to the senior team might be a problem because they might lose some <laughs> guys to the senior team. They're, yeah. Uh, you know, Hoffman could very well go up to the to the top and, and, and do yeah. some things up there. So uh, watch that, too. And then uh, to kind of close things out, and we'll, we'll just kind of do it this way. We did an overall top 10. Twitter did an overall top 10. Votes from us outside of the top 10. Uh, so teams that got votes but didn't make it into the top 10. Bethlehem had two points. Sacramento had five points. Swope Park had six points. Twitter's teams that... Uh... No, we'll do that one after, actually. All right. We'll run down our top 10 here. Uh, so this was this was top 10 teams in the league coming up the next year for, for us. 10th place, it was Pittsburgh. 9th, it's North Carolina. 8th, it's St. Louis. 7th, Nashville. 6th, Cincinnati. Hmm. 5 San Antonio. 4 Real Monarchs SLC. 3rd, Phoenix Rising. 1st, we have a tie between Louisville City and Tampa. So, and then I believe in the overall poll, uh, for us, our team that wins the USL this year, Tampa Bay. By like a point. <laughs> so that is ours. And then teams that were in the top 10. Let me try to figure out Twitter's top 10 here real quick. It's a little funky because they went out of order on three teams. I could pull it up. See, open it. Yeah, hold on. 10th Swope Park. <laughs> and then I got to find their nine. And then I might be all right from there. Nine Nashville. This is fun. Uh, eight Reno. Seven Indy. Six Phoenix, five San Antonio, four Real Monarchs. Uh, where's three? Cincinnati. Where's Cincy. Three is Cincy. That makes sense. Two is Tampa. One is Louisville City. They're the defending champions. Little funky, but a little funky. Yeah. Little funky. There were a lot of teams who got at least one vote <laughs> on the Twitter poll. There ended up being. <laughs> 25 teams who have received at least one person put them in the top 10. <laughs> Which makes sense. And 
and the order from Twitter really makes no, it matters absolutely not at all. Just if they're in the top ten, that's that's almost the vote that makes sense with Twitter mm-hmm. because it, you're gonna have so much variance, you know. So don't get mad that Phoenix is what sixth or something like that. It yeah, just it was, matters that they're in there. I was gonna say, I, I, sorry, right? It was, it was close once you got down to like the number mm-hmm. eight, nine team on Twitter. It started really getting very, very close very quickly. I mean, look, trying to pull us up the difference between Nashville and going all the way down to Charlotte, who was 16th overall, was eight points, hmm. which is basically nothing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think, too, at the same time, pretty much in a blind test really where you don't know anyone else's results. I mean, I, we all kind of knew each other's going in. Um, but as far as Twitter goes, like just that your team was able to make the top 10 for a lot of people that couldn't see each other's results is a, is a good sign for sure. Yeah. And, and there were some weird things that happened, but I really think overall, I think our listeners or at least our Twitter followers did a did a decent job. I think there were some weirdos out there for sure and you expect that, but um anything that was way off was just because a lot happened between last year and this year with the team for the most part. So listeners, I think you did all right. I think we aren't that yep. far from each other on top of that. Pony, how many folks did we have uh, vote on that one? Um technically 44 entries were received. I threw out a couple of them okay. because like the person who submitted the almost the identical poll three times in a row within about half an hour of each other and never put their name on it. Huh. Yeah, like whoever that, did that. Like, at least spread it out. Don't do <laughs> it all the exact same time. The person you put it's Toronto like it's, came from the same ISP. You think you think Pony doesn't know how to cheat polls, guys? <laughs> Unsmart. Like, you know, some of this like some of the ones that gave no name, I could they look legitimate, but a couple of those are really fishy. <laughs> yeah. Like the one you put Calling Toronto out in the Mike. top ten. Yeah, Sports. we did have a top eight. I think a Toronto in seventh. Guess why not? I have yeah, it on sure. good authority that he threw out twenty votes for Cincinnati number one. Just so <laughs> I was know. Yeah, did the person that put Toronto seventh was that Sebastian Giovinco? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I might actually have a name. Find friend of the show, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bass, as we as we love to call him. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> what we can't? Oh, what we have sorry, a nickname for him? Because I had it wrong. I call him Chin. It wasn't seventh. It was fifth. Mike Hirsch, twenty-one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Dwayne De Rosario's burner Twitter account, right there, baby. <laughs> uh, that's a reference. Anyway, uh, let's do Ryan, just so we can get you the hell out of here because it's like 3 a.m. Um, where do people find you on Twitter and uh, what is the airport you'll be flying into when you uh, when yeah. you go home? Bring it back. Unless you're not. Damn it. All right, unless Ryan left because it's 3 a.m. Yeah, I think we well, lost him. I'm going to tell everyone where you can find Ryan and what airport he'll be flying into because they're one and the same. You can find him at ILM underscore Ryan, ILM being the airport code for Wilmington, uh, in this, North Carolina, not Delaware. Uh, and uh, and he does soccer writing things for Indomitable City Soccer or ICS. I don't know the URL for that one, so Pony, this is where you come in and tell people where they can find you on Twitter and then give the URL for ICS. Yes, I am on Twitter at, at IronPonyChef. 
and it is at blurbs indomita. The word right. I could, yeah. I really need to get Josh to like do a just a read for this. So we could shove. You it want in me to write it phonetically for you the next show so that way you have it. I don't think words are not always my friend. I don't think it'll be helpful either. It's already Latin. <laughs> So we should, you just need to get like a five second read from Josh. Just shove it in there. I don't Overlay know. If I want a five second read from Josh Beeman of Beeman's Republic. Uh, so just, uh, wow, I'm plugging, plugging people that haven't been on the show in a year. Uh, Phil, where can people find you on the Twitters and, and things? Uh, at STL Soccer Report or Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's. Hey, man. I like your new logo. It's great. Thanks, dude. Mike did a great job. You did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. I was. You see now. What's sad is that you didn't take full credit. I, I, I mean, I said maybe add this and this. So if you like the flirtily oh, background, of I can That's take good. credit for that because I really like that. Part That's of the it. sound of people that listen to our podcast that work in graphic design <laughs> wringing your neck. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, for sure. If, uh, if for whatever reason I say this at every show, but if, if for whatever reason you want to hear more or read more of what I do, you can find me on the Twitter at Valella BSFC. Viz and Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C. Yes, that is me holding a dog like a baby. Don't worry about it. Uh, or you can find my righty things at Brotherly Game, brotherlygame.com or on Twitter at Brotherly Game, which is also where I do match day type things for Steel. Um, other than that, you can find the Twitter for this podcast at, at the USL show. Um, it's where we put all of our polls and things like that. You know, if you ever want to participate or, or one of those things where you guys, you know, how did people get to vote on that poll? It was on Twitter. Um, definitely check us out there. You can also check out the, uh, the whole network of podcasts at the BGN FM, also BGN.FM. Or if you want to like maybe buy some stuff from soccer loco or want a handy link to our Patreon or, or, you know, just want to download the podcast from our site, the USL show.com. It'll take you right there. You can do all those things. So uh, for Ryan, who is a, uh, is a champ for recording way too late in Scotland uh, or for, for pun, the, uh, the USL uh, pre preseason season rankings. Oh, I was going to call them the USL. So drunk with power rankings number one <laughs> um so i'm gonna do that and uh and yeah it, it's been uh, it's been good you'll see some previews for us i know i'm having north carolina and probably toronto on for the east i think um coming up for the west but that will be out as well so definitely check that and then when the season starts we'll be back to uh to the four and or five of us talking soccer every week so definitely um Thanks, everyone, for your support. And thank you, everyone, who voted uh, legitimately or otherwise. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye.